0: 2019 Basketball Champions League title game is set. Tenerife versus Bologna in the championship on Sunday after both of those teams won their semifinal games. Hello, everyone. Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green, and joining me for a rapid reaction podcast to the two semifinal games in Antwerp is David Hine. Dave, uh, maybe not not quite as much drama as we were hoping for uh, on this Friday night. But what what did you think about the final four?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Bomberg didn't show up. Otherwise, I think everybody, you know, uh, Antwerp, you know, they they didn't have the uh, I think I think experience. Could definitely be uh, considered a, a pretty big reason for Tenerife getting past Antwerp, but Bomberg, you know, there's really not much explanation for for what happened other than they didn't show up, and a little bit disappointing because I thought that was going to be maybe the closer of the two games. But you know, it is what it is. You have to tip your hat to uh, to Djordjevic uh, uh, Georgevic's and, and and his guys.
0: Yeah, let's well start it started off with Tenerife versus Antwerp. This game was a little bit closer. Uh, Tenerife ended up winning 70 to 54, but it wasn't quite as lopsided as that scoreline would suggest. Antwerp actually started the game really well. They led 20 to 12 at the end of the first quarter, went ice cold in the second quarter. That allowed Tenerife to build a lead. And then we had a little bit of back and forth action in the second half. Uh, unfortunately for Antwerp, Javi Bayron caught fire. Nicolas Brasino caught fire as those guys tend to do. And, and Tenerife pulled away late in this one uh dave you know what what really jumped out to you from this game you know just looking over the box score i, th- I think paris lee only scoring four points on one of nine shooting has to be you know a, a huge reason why antwerp lost this game uh but th- they had their chances you know they, they were you know this wasn't a blowout from beginning to end uh, so w- what did you think about uh the young antwerp giants team um you know coming up just a a little bit short at at home you know they they they
1: played so well in that first quarter um and then right at the end of the first quarter you heard uh say you know you know you know we are the veteran team and uh uh i just kind of wonder you know i i didn't i didn't go back and look and find and, and find out exactly you know when he was out but i think that the the momentum just uh, just slowly shifted away from from Antwerp when 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 Paris Lee went out. Of course, it's not going to play forty minutes, uh, especially against that you know the, against that swarming defense. Um, I just I just I just wonder if you maybe try to bring him back quicker in the second. Paris Lee, uh, uh, you bring him back quicker in the second uh, to maybe. Try to get a couple baskets here. And there. I mean, he wasn't really producing much scoring, but he was facilitating a little bit. And I mean, they, they, op- they, they pushed the lead to 10 with the first basket of the second quarter. Uh, and then they, uh, they only scored two points. Uh, the final, uh, what was it? I think it was eight. Uh. Yeah, they scored one one basket in the final 8:34 of the second quarter, you know, and a lot of that time Lee was on was uh on the bench and uh you just, you know, uh they, they all the rhythm that they did have was was gone and and uh you know, they never really were able to to uh to get much going after that. And and then and then you know, you know, Bayran they they you know, they went to him a couple of times, uh, you know, consecutive possessions and, you know, and they couldn't stop him. And and that that really totally shifted. that that was the final, I think, the final uh, uh, momentum shift. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, I, I think that second quarter, I think Lee being on the bench, uh, I think he could he, maybe bring him back a little bit quicker. I don't know. What do you what you think about that?
0: Yeah, that's something I, th- I thought about as well as Tenerife were just chipping away at that lead. Uh, you, you, thought they would put Paris Lee back in the game a little bit sooner and they left him on the bench until Tenerife had come all the way back and tied it up. So yeah, questionable decision there by Roel Moores, who has done such a great coaching job all year long. Uh, like you said, you know, you can't play Lee 40 minutes. He did play. 32 minutes in this game uh but i i thought yeah he should have been back in there a little bit sooner in the second quarter to help try to stop that tenerife run and then you know those those bayron buckets those came in the in the third quarter when he scored six consecutive points uh and then antwerp they were able to get a kalinowski three-pointer bayron came right back with a running hook after that and it, it really seemed like tenerife were going to be in control there but antwerp still had a decent chance in the fourth quarter, they were down by eight points with about five minutes left. And there was a missed call that went against them where Paris Lee drove in for a layup. Mamadou Niang blocked his shot, but it touched the backboard first. It should have been a goaltend call, which would have cut the lead to six with about five minutes left. That would have given Antwerp a, a pretty good shot. Uh, instead, um, you know, the, the referee, d- uh, didn't blow the whistle, let the play go on. Uh, Tate ended up, uh, Committing a foul and then Bassas hit a runner on the other end, so it ended up being a ten-point advantage for Tenerife instead. So, you know that's not the reason Antwerp lost by any means. You know, it, it, I'm not trying to like say that uh, the ref cost them this game or something like that, but that was just one little miscall that uh, you know had a, had a pretty big impact, I think. And. Niang is somebody who had a really great game. Uh, not somebody that we necessarily expected to step up and and play a key role in this game. You know, I don't think his name came up once on the preview podcast with Deacon and Igor last week, but he played 13 minutes. He had seven points. He was finishing alley oops. He was blocking shots. Um, he Niang did a did a really good job inside. He was actually, I think, Tenerife's best big guy, more so than Iverson, who had some early foul trouble, never really got uh, you know, into a into a great rhythm of the game, and Sebastian Saiz, who who didn't play very much. So Niang really stepped up and then I think somebody else kind of um another one of these more unsung heroes for Tenerife is Pierre Antoine Gillet, who came off the bench in the second quarter when, uh, when Tenerife were struggling. He got an offensive rebound and hit a three pointer, and then he hit a corner three in transition. That kind of ignited that Tenerife run in the second quarter to get them going. So, Gillet, really strong performance from him. He finished with 11 points. And then, uh, and then Brusino just closing the door in the fourth quarter, uh, hit a couple big threes. Bayron hit a really deep three pointer at the shot clock buzzer. There was essentially the dagger. And, and, you know, that's what this Tenerife team has done all season long. They've hit big shots. When they've needed to, uh, to put teams away. So credit to Tenerife. Tough loss for Antwerp, but you know no shame in losing to the 2017 champions. A lot of that core returned uh, to this team, and and they you know showed that championship experience in this game. Um, Dave, what did, what did you think about? Uh, Baco was really limited in this game uh the the numbers you know he ended up with 10 rebounds that's pretty solid but didn't seem like he really had the impact that we would have hoped for in this game right well I mean he picked up the
1: second foul right away uh in the first six minutes and I don't think he came back till somewhere in the three three four minute mark left in the in the first half uh I guess never really you know had foul trouble the rest of the way. I guess they ended up. He ended up only with the two fouls, but he picked those both up right away in the first six minutes. Um, but you know, uh, with with Yang, you know that's that's something that it is. It is representative of something that we really kind of have talked about. We really haven't talked about him, but we've talked about um, you know. It's it's not uh, you know. The next guy stepping up, you know, or or it's my turn, you know. You, you look at, uh, uh Brusino, and and you know he scored seventeen. Uh, he, he's had some good games uh, over the course of the season. Um, uh, but you know, you know, you look at Abramitis, you know, he was the quarterfinal MVP of the uh, you know of the entire uh, competition, and he went, uh, you know, one of four, uh, had five points, five rebounds. Uh, and, you know, you look at, uh, Irison at five and f- uh, five and five as well, you know, so 10 points, 10, 10, rebounds from, uh, you know, guys that we considered for the, for the, for the season, uh, all-star lineup for second teams, uh, in, you know, about 40 minutes. Um, but then you saw you know you, you mentioned Galay stepped up big Byron stepped up uh you know big which which i think you had to expect that especially after missing the the final fourth two years ago um but uh yeah you know they they were never really able to you know you look at the rebounding battle and you know it was it was even uh you know a little bit more offensive rebounding for for uh for t- for uh, Antwerp uh, bako getting uh, four of those offensive rebounds. Uh, but, you know, it was just they they weren't able to set anything up. Um, actually, I think for a while uh, the, the the assist numbers were really poor. Yeah, they, uh, uh, you know, Antwerp only had five assists in the first half. Uh, okay, that's not uh, Bamberg uh, <laughs> uh, inefficiency, which we'll get to in a little bit, but uh yeah, I, I think this is a story of the defense that uh that uh Tenerife played on, on on Paris Lee. I guess we we never did give out the full numbers. You know, four points, one of nine, uh field goals, uh zero of five, three points. He did have four assists, but but also had uh, three turnovers. Um, you know, so yeah, they just they bottled him up and 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 uh, nobody else was really able to do uh that much you know which is something that we kind of talked about with Ryan Pannon, you know that you know that he creates so much and then if you cut off the you know the head of the snake you know that you know they're they're not going to really be able to do too much other than uh Jashon Tate you know he had 13 but you know he also had four turnovers uh seven missed free throws uh so yeah congrats to uh, on a really strong defensive form performance and it uh, just did enough offense you know they weren't spectacular but uh you know they got it done
0: yeah exactly antwerp didn't shoot the ball well at all five of 22 from the three-point line nine of 18 at the free throw line so a lot of points left on the table there credit to tenerife's defense for uh on that for the most part and that four points for Paris Lee, is a season-low total for him. After a really great season, we both put him on the first-team star lineup for the BCL, but he was basically shut out in this game with four points. Uh, had, had a few really nice assists there in the third quarter, but uh, just never, never had quite the same impact uh, that we saw from him throughout the regular season. So let's, let's hear now from Tuz Vidoretta, the winning coach for Iberostar Tenerife. Let's hear what he had to say at the press conference.
2: I want to say congratulations to, to Telenet Giants Antwerp for this amazing season, and uh, the season is not uh, finished. They have a big chance uh, to be the third uh, next Sunday, especially to his coach. He made a fantastic job during uh, more than 20 games, and the extraordinary outstanding atmosphere here in the Pell Sport. Okay? For me, it's an amazing win, but especially an amazing atmosphere tonight, okay? And uh, for the game, uh, the control was total during the first 10 minutes uh, for the hosts, for Antwerp. But uh, during the second half quarter, we changed uh, a little bit our rhythm in defense. We controlled better the rebound. And during the second half, uh, we played with more confidence. Uh, our defense was great, uh, many steals. And uh, we score very important threes to put the difference over the ten points uh, in the last five minutes
0: all right, and moving on to the other game, Virtus Bologna with a dominant sixty seven to fifty win over Broza Bamberg. Bologna led for the entire game. their largest lead was twenty four points. They were up by eleven at the end of the first quarter. uh this was you know Bamberg. They showed up for the first couple minutes. It was, it was back and forth. Uh, the first few minutes of the first quarter seemed like we were going to have a really fun game on our hands. Tyrese Rice and Kevin Punter were dueling, uh, you know, hitting buckets in the, in the first quarter. And then Bologna just completely pulled away. Uh, really tough defense from them. Great energy, great effort. Dayan Kravich came off the bench and, and made a big impact in the paint. And Dave, you, you said it at the top of the show, just, Bomberg never really showed up. Uh, horrible, horrible offensive performance from them. Twenty-six percent shooting from the field. Sixteen turnovers. Uh, everybody outside of Tyrese Rice was o of fourteen from the three-point line. Uh, what, what, what do you think went wrong with Bomberg? You know, you're you live in Germany. You see this team pretty often. Uh, I, I don't think any of us expected this type of performance from them on, on a big stage.
1: Uh, I mean, okay. You, you wonder how many of the, let's see, what would what, you say? Oh, 14. How many of those, you know, if some of those go down, maybe that's, uh, some assists, uh, for, for Rice who played 36, almost 37 minutes and didn't have an assist, uh, which is pretty unheard of, but you know, um, yeah. I I mean what happened? Uh, you know, um Leah's Harris, he had no answer when he was asked after the after the game. Uh no rhythm, I guess. Um uh, you know, kind of like uh kind of like Lee, Lee uh, but you know, not really exactly, of course, but you know, Alexander started really good. Uh, you know, had the big had the big dunk and also had the had the block at the other end. Uh, and then he kind of went away. Uh, didn't really to come back until kind of, I think, like uh, sort of third. Uh, but nobody really, you know, obviously Rice was, uh, you know, I think the only open look he had was that corner three um, when they kind of started to maybe get it close. I think it was maybe down to eight or something like that. But really he didn't have anything easy and um, – and nobody else hit anything. You know, nobody else was really effective at all. Hickman, really some some, some really poor decisions as far as shots. Um, Harris, uh, you know, you look at the numbers, okay, decent you know, nine points. But uh, uh, but uh, he he had uh, all three of his shots made were in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Rubit was a total non-factor um, offensively. You know, defensively, he did a little bit, but, you know, had had, had five points and um, uh, four turnovers. Uh, just couldn't, you know, they could, couldn't get anybody going. I mean, this was guy, you know, we, we kind of talked about, uh, you know, with Rice being, uh, you know, obviously their main weapon. And Zezus would be their second guy. And, uh, you know, Rubit would be kind of the other guy. And he just never got not go got going at all. So, you know, it was really uh to to think that the leadership uh, the leadership level that that all these guys have and th- that they really weren't able to kind of get things done, it's 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 a big surprise. I mean obviously it's for the club, it's disappointing and all. Uh but uh you know especially because you kind of your game plan was, was going well because you had, you know, uh uh, uh Moreira had got into foul trouble. He picked up two uh right away in the first couple of minutes, but then Kravich played great. You know, I think Kravich had a great uh, great game. And uh and uh I, I I I just wonder maybe if you let uh uh because Kravich was out playing Harris and Rubit. And then, you know, if you see that, why don't you, you know, why don't you bring back Alexander, who had been playing so great in the, in the playoffs, uh, and he had the big start with the block and, and the dunk, um, so... You know, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'll never say that. I that I know anything better than a coach because uh, I. I definitely don't. Um, but it just kind of was was something. You know, I, I kind of wrote down. You know. You know when does Alexander come back in and stuff? And uh, just because he was one of the guys that, that was kind of working. So, um, I mean, and I, I. I suppose you know really. Uh, you're thinking, you know, when, uh, when, when punter misses his first shot, okay. But then he starts hitting shots and then you're like, Oh, this could be, uh, this could, this could be a long night. And it's pretty, pretty much what it was. You know, punter was really their only main, really their only main guy. But, you know, he, he, it was one of those fun games where you're like, okay, punter's going to do punter things. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He caught fire in the first quarter, just hitting mid range jumpers. Uh, he, he. he... He can really get to his spots whenever he wants. Uh, the places on the floor he likes yeah. to shoot from, just Bomberg, weren't able to, to prevent him from getting to that little mid-range jumper that he likes. He was hitting some deep three-pointers. Uh, he finished four of seven shooting from the three-point line, 21 points. And yeah, outside of punter, nobody really stepped up um, in scoring-wise in a major way. But it was just a really well-rounded great team performance uh, everybody who played uh, except for Alessandro Paola uh, scored and you know just great defense as a team Tony Taylor I thought did a really nice job Kelvin Martin with that chase down block on Tyrese Rice that was fantastic uh, the big guys inside Kravich and Moreira Amathambai had a really strong defensive game so you know Bologna I think the key for them was to play with the kind of energy that they play with when they're at home to bring that intensity, to bring that energy on the road with them to Antwerp. And they did that. They came out, they were the more aggressive team. They were the more physical team. The refs were letting them play. You know, they they weren't calling a ton of fouls early on and, and Bologna were the team that adjusted to that and and played more physical. And I was really surprised that they that they dominated inside the way that, that they did. They outscored ba- Bomberg 28 to 18 uh, points in the paint and you know that's an, an area where you'd think Bomberg would do really well with Rubit, Alexander Harris uh, but th- those guys just yeah got completely outplayed by Bologna that was a pretty pretty surprising to me um, Dave any other thoughts on this game
1: Uh no, I mean, just really. Obviously, it's regroup time for Bumberg, and you know, and, and try to muster up the will to 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 get. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for Bumberg now uh, against the home team. That's going to be wanting to to at least finish strong or get the third place, and they'll have the home team,
0: uh, the home crowd uh, behind them. All right. Before we move on to the final, let's hear what Virtus Bologna coach Sasa Georgievich had to say after the game.
3: This was a awesome night for uh, Virtus Segafredo Bologna, for uh, my players, for people from our staff. But it's it's just it. It's just an episode that we have to uh, from now. Once we finish reading stats that have no sense in the competitions like that, we have to forget and think about what's next. We are already preparing ourselves in some way to front. The next uh, opponent whoever it will be we have to be ready we have to have the same passion i like the way that you asked about the passion kevin is the guy who has a passion about basketball he's hard-working kid who, who loves basketball who is competitor and that's why he's here for the second time in a row and uh, i do appreciate every day working with these guys i'm thankful to, for them because they're really a uh, good bunch of guys we have fun on the floor They are free to do everything I say. So, uh, this is it. (laughs) No, let me just smile a little bit, because I came to this final floor saying that we have to smile, we have to enjoy this, we have the enthusiasm of the persons who really achieved something in, in basketball. This is a competition that was very tough for the teams, and then at the end, being in the final four, that's really something for each one of us, and we have to feel special. And together with a smile, and joy and uh, enjoying each other, I believe that good things can happen.
1: Uh, and now, you know, you look at uh, you look at the the, the final, and, and, and how can how can uh, bottle up this this uh, defensive performance? and uh and put it out put it back out there uh for the final that's you know that's really what what you kind of look at now because they're going to have to ma- they're going to have to you know probably play just as good you know they they only scored 67 points which you know a lot of times is not going to get a victory um so and you know 67 points is definitely not going to get a victory uh against uh against Tenerife you I mean you you have to think I mean give me an over under of of uh, I don't know maybe 30, 30 sec 30 35 36 points between Iverson and Abermidis and I'll probably take the over you know um, just from there from there from their uh, from their uh, you know there's really consistency you know and and so they're not going to come back and score 10 points combined you know so uh I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what, what uh, you know, what the prom what the uh, what Bologna can come up with to try to stop this team that really nobody really has done a very good job of doing, you know, maybe go back and watch the Pauk tape from from way back when. Um, I don't know. man. What do you what do you think about the final? What, what's what's something that you are kind of looking forward to?
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see how Tenerife try to contain punter. I think that's going to be pretty fascinating to watch. You know, he's he's proven that he's a big game player. He was in the Final Four last year and had a great performance with Ike, and he's doing it again with Bologna. I'm I'm excited to see how Tenerife try to handle him. Uh, if they, you know, maybe if if they try to force the ball out of his hands, make somebody else beat them, I'm I'm sure that, you know, he'll be kind of the focal point of their defense. But there's also a lot of other weapons on Bologna. I wouldn't be surprised if and Bai has a huge game or, uh, you know, Tony Taylor, Eridori, David Cornu, all, all these guys can put up points. So it's going to be really interesting to see just kind of who steps up. And uh, the other thing is this is going to be the second game in three days Days for these teams, which is not something that they usually do. Uh, you know, sometimes they would play in their domestic league games on a Sunday and then come back to the Champions League on a Tuesday. Uh, but this is uh, going to be a different intensity level, of course, with it being the final four. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how these teams respond to that quick turnaround. Where Punter, you know, he played 31 minutes in this game. Is is he going to be totally fresh on Sunday? We'll see about that. Tenerife really uh you know they were able to to spread out the distribution of the minutes uh to guys a little bit more and so um, you know, that'll, that'll be something to watch for. I think it'll be interesting to see if Bologna can contain Brusino and Bayron. And, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of really tough wing defenders Bologna does. And so I think they have the, the personnel to take care of those guys. But then, like you mentioned, maybe Abramitis heats up, maybe Iverson, uh, takes, uh, you know, dominates the game in the paint. So there's going to be a lot of interesting matchups to watch for. Uh, I, th- I think this is... This is the a matchup that, you know, going back to the beginning of the season, um, you know, both of these teams were playing really well early in the regular season. I don't think it should necessarily be a shock that this is the title game that we get. And I'm really excited for it. You know, I think we've got a great defensive team in Bologna, a great offensive team in Tenerife. Both of them are good on the other side of the ball as well. So I'm, I'm really fascinated for this. Let's see how this one shakes out. All right, so that's going to do it for our Rapid Reaction podcast to the Final Four semifinals. Stay tuned for the championship game and the third-place game coming up on Sunday, the third-place game antwerp versus bomberg and then the title game playing for the trophy tenerife the 2017 champions up against virtus bologna one of the most successful clubs in the history of european basketball it's going to be an amazing game on sunday dave and i will join you after the game with another recap podcast so stay tuned for that for dave hein over in germany my name is austin green thanks for listening to bcl coast to coast and we'll talk to you on sunday